Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. Hello, everyone. This is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om. And I'm excited to talk with Lori, Lori Robert. She is a um, therapist, an author, a healer. So, um, and there's a lot to talk about. But I, I like, I always usually, I like to start with um, asking about your self-healing journey um, before we even come to what it is that you do. So tell us a little bit about that, Lori. What does self-healing mean to you and what has your journey been? so far Mm. um i actually think it started a long time ago um even far back as um journaling has been something that's been very helpful for me for self-healing and as early back as you know 12 years old i have journals that i've gone back and read um and uh so that has been that writing is definitely um self-healing and if I, I would include using other healers, is that what you would consider self-healing? Definitely, yeah. yeah. It's in that realm of getting help when you need help, right? Yes, yes. So certainly the right people have come along at the right time to help me with my healing journey. And I would say that it, um, it has had, you know, intensif- intensified moments or years or months or weeks in my life but I would say super intensified probably um, three years ago um, when I went through a phase of learning that I had um, um, a good amount of people around me that I felt like were toxic relationships that weren't helpful for me. And so learning how to grow through, um, grow through that, I would say was just a big spiritual awakening, I guess, to be how to describe it. Okay. Through that, um, meditation is very, very big. Um, Journaling is very big and definitely relying on um, healers that um, do things like yourself. Yes, Um, you and I worked a little bit together. Yes. Heal tuning and um, and cranial sacral work was one of my first experiences of – um, having someone sort of work with what my body was telling them as opposed to what my thoughts were saying. And that blew me away. I thought that was incredibly powerful. I, I left um, my first experience with that being like, that was 10 therapy sessions in one hour. I, we just accomplished so much. Um, so, so yeah. And, but I think the bottom, the most important piece for me has been um taking time to be quiet 
and meditate and just spend time alone in nature that that um that is underneath is like the river who that flows underneath everything else okay so um I want to go into so many paths, but let's start with, let's tell, um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you do right now? What's your healing work in the world? Okay. Um, so I have a practice as a therapist and um, what I tell people is when they come in is that I am holding space for them to really be themselves and to be seen and heard. Um, and I feel like that is super powerful for people to just be able to have that space. Um, a lot of magical things can happen now when somebody has that. I think that sometimes can be hard to find. Maybe not necessarily, maybe sometimes with therapists, but even, you know, in relationships. Um, and for me, I... Uh, hadn't been a therapist in a long time, but I felt called back to it, felt guided back to it. And then I uh, also felt guided to this angelic Reiki course that I took a couple levels of. And so now as a therapist, I've kind of combined them a little bit together in the background and in that I always, even when I was a therapist, 18, how old am I? 18 years ago, my intention before I started any sort of session or group was to, um, to trust whatever came in and to speak to it, um, to be a channel. And so now with taking the angelic Reiki, I've even more, becoming more clear about that function of just really opening up and being a channel of healing and um, trusting what comes in when I'm working with people. So I sort of start out my sessions or start out at least the day of my session setting up as if I'm doing, um, the intention is if I'm doing Reiki, but then I'm not actually performing Reiki on someone. I'm sitting and listening. Um, but I really liked combining the two together. All right. Really so it's basically you are um, sort of combining two tools you have practiced and you yeah. have learned and they're both meshing together in your own unique way is what I'm hearing. Yeah. And the yeah. way you work. And I love the way you describe um, this feeling of being the channel. So it's not so much you intending to get to a certain result or yeah. you achieve a certain thing. It's um, allowing things to be and, um, dancing around this um, or dancing with the energy of the client or the group and letting it evolve and happen is what I'm yes. hearing. Yes, absolutely. It's, um, I just think it's the coolest thing ever. I mean, it just, you know, once in a while I can find myself being like, Oh, I'm going to see so-and-so tomorrow. What a, I wonder, you know, and then I'm like, Nope, I just, I go. And if I set the intention to be completely present, and open and just there and just trust. Then it evolves and opens up just as it needs to. So it's sort of, and, it, and I mean, I think I've lived my life a lot that way now, which is a really powerful way to be, is to not um, 
need to concentrate on an end result, but to be present in the moment and just watch things unfold as they do. Um, so it's just, it's really, I just really trust, like if I get like a strong, like, um, I don't know what to call it, but just like a strong feeling of like, whoa, this is the emotion that I'm experiencing listening to the story and then say, hey, this is what I'm noticing. Um, and when you told me that, does it feel like that for, does it feel like that for you? Um, there just doesn't feel any other way to do it now, as opposed to just being in the moment and being present with whatever, whatever comes up. Okay, so how does journaling and writing play into this? Meaning, um, what is the, the healing mechanism of writing for you? Um, so I haven't, I hope to have a journaling group um, sometime in the next year. I would really, really, really love to do that. Um, but f so, so far in my practice, journaling has just shown up in ways of, um, like, hey, maybe try this exercise, this journaling exercise when you, you know, sometime this week, if you want to, it feels right for you. Um, but for me personally, it, journaling feels like a way to take something that's all sort of maybe jumbled up in your head or your heart and then watch it just, as you start writing, just sort of get clear. I think it provides a lot of clarity. Um, and it can also be a place too. I think it can be really powerful if someone has some really, really strong emotions about something, maybe in a relationship with someone else, and they just don't have anywhere to express it. That can be a really powerful place to just express it and get it out. Um, I think when big emotions like that feel like they're inside us, they can feel so overwhelming. But getting it out on the paper can be so powerful as sort of a, a release. Um, and then writing too for me it can be sort of a channeling experience of just of just being open and present and just letting go to see what comes to see what comes out as opposed to being planful. Yeah, first um so I'm hearing that this can this can be sort of a, which I've experienced in the past myself too even though I don't journal regularly right now okay. I did at some yeah. point so I'm hearing the element of uh, clearing almost so you're clearing um, and I don't know if you're familiar with the morning pages with um, uh, Julia Cameron's work yeah. artists way he she actually recommends um, as a uh, creative exercise to wake up in the morning yeah. and sort of freehand write and sort of get that blah, out of your head and body onto the paper so that you can begin to clearly channel and create. Um, yeah. So my question is, uh, because you've been doing this for so long and because this feels like it's a, um, one of the central ways that you self heal, mm -hmm. would you say that like, is this easy to do when you're in the heat of the moment or do you wait yes. or do you do it after? Like what is the best time to do this, to mm -hmm. write it out? Hmm. Well, I know for me, um, you know, yeah, if I have, yeah, for me, definitely, if I am in uh, a moment of feeling in a lot of intensity, it can be so helpful for me to just write it down and just, I mean, for me, my body and brain work together now with a laptop. 
Um, I can write faster that way and just write, 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 and just get it all out. That's, that is super helpful for me in the heat of the moment. Okay. So do you find that, like, what happens if you do it after? <laughs> do you feel like you lose some of it? What's, what's going on there? Um, like, let's say you didn't have the time or it wasn't a convenient place. Do you still recommend people to do it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. I think that, um, I think that we, can, we can sort of compartmentalize very easily and be like, we went through this really tough thing. That really bothered me. But, oh, yeah, I got to go grocery shopping. And then I got to gotta do this. And then it's sort of just back there hanging out, taking up space, but you're not really conscious of it. Maybe you are. Um, <clears throat> so if you do have a regularly scheduled time to journal, I think that can be really helpful too, to allow for that expression um, and that uh, clarity and release that perhaps um, you didn't even know you needed. Just the same way as if you sit down with somebody, like a really good friend or a therapist, who really listens to you and you sit down and the next thing you know, you're crying or the next thing you know, you're just like, and then this happened and then this happened and you're like, wow, I've been holding on to that for two weeks and I didn't even realize it bothered me so much. So I think that journaling, um, even when you're not in the heat of the moment or just having a regular routine can be really helpful. Um, it can be really helpful and I think really healing to be able to clarify and be connected to yourself like I really think that <clears throat> the world would be this you know everybody if everybody was connected more to themselves that um and I think journaling can really help doing that without any sort of um not threat but just sort of needing to worry about whether or not someone else would think what you had to say was silly or scary that you can just there's no judgment because it's just you if you can turn off that inner judge for a few moments to write. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is also when you're clearing this part of you out of your system, no censorship, right? You just yeah. write whatever comes and you, you don't judge, like you don't try to sound nice and just get it out. Right. right. So yes, you're reminding me of, you know, something I used to say in journaling groups I ran is this is not about, or even art therapy groups that I would do. It's not about coming up with a great piece of art or it's not about um, coming out with a beautiful piece of writing that everybody's gonna read. That's not the purpose of what you're doing. The purpose of what you're doing is to connect to yourself and express. Um, uh, you know, uh, do you know, you know Brene Brown? Yes. Yes, so I've read some of her books and she talks about you know those moments where you might be really, overtaken with shame or anger or something. And I think she calls that when she sits down to write um, her shitty first draft <laughs> is what she calls mm -hmm. it to just, you don't, it's going to be a shitty, and whether or not you consider it a draft or go back to it again, but it's just to let go of the judgment and just let it all pour out. And I think you can be surprised at what you um, get in touch with when you're not worrying about how it sounds or looks to someone else. Right. So um, you mentioned the quiet and connection with nature. Hmm. So how, those, how do those two come into play in your life? Well, I like to spend time alone in nature. <laughs> um, I, I like to go for 
long hikes all by myself in the woods in the White Mountains. It's one of my most favorite things to do. And it just feels like a huge, like, clearing, like a major reset button to do that. Um, and uh, running in the woods or just, but wherever I go um, and whatever I'm doing, I always try to stop and just really, really be present and take in the surroundings um, and take in where I am. There's something about meditating out in nature that I have a much harder time getting when I'm home, inside space, inside walls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you're in that space, I want to come slowly into the the book that you wrote. Okay. <laughs> my okay. daughter was so upset today. She, my six-year-old daughter is obsessed with your book. Oh, that's awesome. Um, she was like, I want to meet Lori. I want to get oh. an autograph. I'm like, we'll, we'll figure oh. it out. We'll make it happen. <laughs> uh, and I had really to ask cool. for permission to borrow the book, of course. That's first. <laughs> um, so, yes. which is, I love this book, but I want to hear the story of how this was born for you. Okay. Okay, <clears throat> so let's see. So um, I was in a place in my life where I didn't get very much alone time. And when I did get little pieces of it, I took off to the woods and I would find myself just sitting somewhere on a bench and I felt um, more connected and held in those moments than any other moments. And it just brought me back to my center. And it, I always got these amazing moments of clarity. And um, at this, around the same time, because I was really having a rough time in my life, um, maybe you couldn't see it from the outside, but from the inside, it was, it was a tough time in my life. And I, um, I think when we do that, a lot of us can be really in touch with like, man, like, what is that person going through? What is that person going through? Like anybody in the grocery store, they could have just lost someone or, um, and so I found so much solace in the woods and I, I don't know exactly how I started, but I went into like a crystal stone store and they had this basket of hearts and I think I bought one and then I went back and I bought five, you know, and I, <laughs> I started leaving them places because I felt this sort of need to connect with other people who were in pain um and just and just if they were in pain or just need to connect with others but just this sort of random act of kindness of leaving a stone heart somewhere and how cool would that be if you just came along that in the woods or next to the river or something and um, it just was a really nice feeling and then somehow i just combined the two together um because in, i started having um like a very clear spiritual practice of um, like my, both my kids were in school for, between the two of them for a total of two hours. That's what I had to myself. And this is what I did with those two hours. I didn't go grocery shopping. I didn't clean. I was like, I'm headed to the woods with my stone heart to go meditate and go for a run or whatever <clears throat> I decided to do that day. It just became so incredibly fulfilling for me. And so I, I, um, and this was an Instagram account first, right? I remember yes. sending me that and you would take pictures of the stone. Yes. And yes. write the little messages that you sort of downloaded. Yes. 
and then write the caption, which, which was all about like what you were sensing and feeling and downloading at that moment. Um, right. Yes. So way before the Instagram account, <clears throat> probably like a year and a half before that, I just, I started um, sort of leaving, getting these um, really, really, really clear messages. And I don't know how they didn't, they, I don't, it's hard for me to describe them, but they weren't like my, it weren't like a voice in my head, but it was just like, it was my thoughts, but they weren't my thoughts kind of, I have a hard time describing it, but it was just like, whoa, where did that come from? That's exactly what I needed to hear. And, um, and I would usually just like be sitting there like crying because I felt so grateful for this, for this message and then it felt so good to leave the heart there in gratitude for receive the message i received but then and also for someone else to receive you know um i just want to say the name of the book is by the way heartstone messages which is the same as your instagram right yeah. heartstone messages i just want to say wouldn't it be cool if someone listening here has found yes. those <laughs> i can't wait for that to happen that hasn't that, that hasn't happened quite yet. Some, a woman um, said, oh, my friend collects those. And I said, oh yeah, maybe some of them are mine. I've left well over a hundred. And she was like, oh, but she finds them out in nature. And I said, yep, that's where I leave them. But I didn't connect with a person, just somebody who knew someone who has found them. But anyway, um, so then I had a really wonderful moment with a good friend and I left a stone heart in dedication to her and took a picture of it and then wrote my feelings about it to her. And that's what started off the recording of the message and, and taking a picture at the same time. And um, sometime I could go out and I, what, what I would do is I would <clears throat> set my intention before I left the house to just be guided where to stop, guided where to go, um, guide to, guided to leave one or not leave one. And then I would put my hands in this like big bag of hearts that I had and because I bought a hundred at once because I was like, all right, let's just do this. <laughs> Stop messing around with buying five at a time. Go buy a hundred. And I did. And it, just, it felt so good to do that. And I would put my hand in and whatever one my hand felt drawn to, I would take. And then I would, I wouldn't know if I'd leave one or not that day. I would just, whatever was going to happen was going to happen. So, and then if it happened, I'd be like, wow, that was amazing. And I'd leave the heart and write it down. And I quickly realized that I wasn't able to talk about my experiences very easily or clearly, I'd have to refer back to the writing because it was like in this just very, very clear sort of altered state. And then I'd be like, okay, back to regular life. And it would sort of be, it was just so important for me to write down exactly the words and exactly the order that they came in. And when I put the book together, I tried to really stay true to that and not mess or edit with anything, just keep it how I got it. Um, and so I did, this was a very sacred practice for me that I kept to myself for a while. And I felt a little sheepish about sharing it with anyone. And then I started to really feel guided that this isn't just for me. This is, this could be for someone else too. And so I did create the Instagram account and I think I put it under a different name. I didn't even put my name to it for a while. I like created like a, you know, like a, what do you call that? A pen name. And then I just kept getting more and more clarity. Like this is, this is, this needs to become a book. And then I changed it, you know, and then, and then I put my name on it, which was a big step for me. 
Um, but it just, I just, it's one of the most favorite things I've ever done. I just, I just love it. Okay. I just want to point out the fact that, um, like this started as a self healing practice for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I applaud you for saying, and whether, I mean, you choose to share what you were going through or not, like, I hear like this was a really tough time for you. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just want to honor the fact that you did take those two hours or however little yeah. time you had to go connect with nature and to go connect with yourself and to whatever it, um, it is you were connecting with. I don't know, the soul of the universe or however you call it. I don't have a name for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just call it universe most of the time <laughs> or multiverse, depending on like mm-hmm. which mindset I'm in. Mm. Okay. So let's say that I am someone who is going through something tough mm-hmm. and I want to have a similar sacred practice of meditating with and leaving stones mm-hmm. so outside of maybe buying a hundred of them. (laughs) What what do you recommend people? Like, what are the steps? Give us the, you know, you know, what what do do they lie down? Do they close? Like, how do they do this? Okay, sure. Um, Well, what worked for me, I think that was really important is that I set an, I set an intention before I left my house. Um, And I think that was, I think that was to let go and surrender and to be guided. Um, I think that's really hard to do, but if you set the intention, it might just happen. Um, And I guess it's sort of a way to say, I'm willing to learn whatever it is and I'm open to it. Um, and, And then for me personally, Physical exercise is really helpful for me to meditate because it sort of just, it really gets me to this sort of centered, calm place. So for me, um, it does something for me to have some sort of physical exercise um, prior to or to do it in the middle of. And then I would just stop wherever and usually try to do something that wasn't surrounded by a lot of people. I think it's very distracting. So usually somewhere where, you know, I know there's likely for someone not to walk by. Um, And what was the most helpful was when I, I do a couple of different things, but sometimes I just, you know, I imagine like a light coming in through the top of my head or I just focus on my breathing. But sometimes the, the one that, that, that would be the most helpful would be to really, 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 really listen to the sounds of the nature around me. And I was shocked. It was like, it's like the sort of switch, like you're in your brain and you're, what am I doing? And I get to this and blah, blah, blah. And then when I just make the decision to listen to, see if I can hear the leaves moving, See if I can hear the snow melting. Um, See if I can, what birds do I hear? What does the wind feel like on my face? Um, Just that's kind of slowed down, like really, really paying attention, super, super present is when all of a sudden I would just get like this big moment of clarity. And sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes I'm just 
really stop, 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 slow down and feel connected. And that in itself is so fulfilling. Does that make sense? Right. No, that's beautiful. I love the way you described it. So, um, and I'm going to try that next time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's like so I have a hard time parting with my crystals, to be honest with you, but I will, I will try. Oh. Yeah, you know what I've done too is like I'll like hoarder. I will I'll hold the heart and um and like set the you know set an intention there as a gift for someone else too. That feels good too. Um, yes, I think I need some extras. Yeah, that's right. You got to keep your favorite. Keep okay. Your favorite. So we talked about writing and journaling as self-healing um, and healing methods. We talked about nature and then we talked about you combining the two, the writing and the, the nature healing together with the crystals, which I love, um, which turned into a beautiful creative project, which is your book, which I also, um, I want to direct people to your Instagram because you're still doing this, right? I mean, you have yeah. the book, but you're still publishing. I am not, I would say I'm not as frequently now, but I still am, yes. Okay, so if you like this practice, go to Instagram.com, Heartstone Messages, and find Lori. So I want to come to um, when we were emailing back and forth about this. You mentioned, um, and you you're an energy healer too. So you mentioned something about combining modalities. Mm. So I want to ask your opinion about um, as a therapist because mm -hmm. um, you did mention this your unique way of combining the energy healing with the therapy. But I, I want to sort of, um, from your perspective here, the contrast between the therapy, the talking or, or mm -hmm. being held in that space mm -hmm. and energy work. Yes. What are the benefits or shortcomings of, of, of both and how do they complement each other? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So, um, like I was saying before, I had gone to a cranial sacral session and gotten like, wow, that just like, I didn't have to talk for 10 hours to get to that place and maybe never would have. Um, and, but then I think that you can have a really powerful um, energy healing session and either in that session have this huge thing come up right? And only, only what you're ready for comes up, right? Only what you need comes up, but it might be really overwhelming. And then, so where do you take that? And so I think that, um, a therapist who understands the energy healing work and has experience with it, it can be helpful to be able to process some of that. Um, and then also sometimes, you know, right, you have the energy healing session and then stuff comes up after, you know, I've had, I think I've had a session where, um, I felt, really raw and emotional for like 36 hours afterwards. So um, to be able, if you, if it's helpful to be able to process that instead of on your own or with a friend to be able to process that with someone who's a therapist. Um, so I think combining the two together. And so for me in my practice, when I hear somebody circling back around to uh, a wound or a similar pattern over and over again, but then sort of just staying in their head a little bit and feeling that resistance to, to really um, be able to go into it. Um, you know, that's when I might say, Hey, you know, um, you know, energy healing 
um, work might be really helpful to try to, to try to get into that and heal that and process that. Um, because I think our heads, our heads are tough um, guardians to get past sometimes to the emotional piece. And I think the energy work sometimes can go right, yeah. right in there. And you have, you have sent a few people my way. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> so what I'm my hearing pleasure. Is that, yeah. So, so what I'm hear hearing is that there's, there's value in being heard. Mm -hmm. As in like literally you're talking and someone's yeah. hearing you without judgment. And then there is value in your energy or the unspoken vibrations being heard. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you, yeah. what you were describing with the craniosacral, which is another energy healing mm -hmm. method in my mind of the practitioner healing the vibration or, or hearing the vibrations of your body rather than you talking. Sometimes it's hard to put things into words too. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, um, energy healing work is just so powerful and can just bring up big, huge things that might be like, wow, I really need to take some action in my life and I don't even know how to start, you know, so somebody who could, um, support you in, um, through making changes in your life, um, could be helpful for that. I think, um, I don't know for me, I don't, maybe it's not for everyone, but the energy healing work I've done is like, okay, then I've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> All right. I got some, I got some stuff to process. And for me, having a therapist is just like, that can be that wonderful check-in um, with somebody who's got the whole picture and has the whole story. Yeah. I want to come back to the idea of combining the modalities though, I think, which is becoming very apparent to me as I talk to different healers about what they use for self-healing. Yeah. It's very unique to the individual, yeah. all of the different elements that you, you choose and you work with. Um, but one thing that's coming through more and more is that like, if you are um, someone who's really into uh, yoga and movement, perhaps it's time to look into some modalities with energy. Mm. and some modalities that look at um, different patterns in your life. Yes. Uh, or perhaps if you're really into the meditation and getting high and out of your body, perhaps it's time to come back into mm. your body mm -hmm. to, to find, and there's no one single practice for that, right? right? You could do a million different things. Right. Sort of finding your unique balancing healing practices. Yeah. Yes, I think so. And I think... I mean, I know this must be true you would for you, but just just if your intention is to um, is to heal and you genuinely feel open to it, um, I think that the right person somehow comes along at the right time or someone so it's I guess it's important to listen to to listen to the signs. You know, when you hear somebody say, well, that is the third person I've heard mentioned biofield tuning this week. So, you know, those sort of coincidences yeah. <laughs> are so important. And if you're not paying attention, you don't even hear them or notice. Um, but I think the more that you listen to those little nudges, the louder and more clear they become. But I found for me, you know, Cranial sacral was really, really, really helpful. And then my own sort of sacred private um, heartstone healing messages was like, 
everything I, you know, it wasn't everything I needed, but it was a lot of what I was doing for a year. And then, um, you know, trying biofield tuning and doing that. I was like, wow, this is something else I didn't even know existed. And this is absolutely amazing. Um, so I feel like, I don't know, the universe is really kind. And yeah, sort of- for someone, because you've experienced this many times with me, I'm a biofield tuning practitioner, so I work with sound healing. But from the point of view of someone who experienced this, can you tell people um, or our listeners a little bit about what it is that you do? Tuning part. Yeah, so I'm going to do my best. I don't feel like I fully understand. I don't feel like I fully understand it yet. I want, I want to like, I want to like full on interview you or someone else and really understand it. Um, but from what I gather, and please interrupt me if I don't know what I'm talking about, is that we, we have, um, we have energy that we carry in our biofield around us and, and it probably goes back, it goes back to past lives, right? Depending on how you, how you look at it. I mean, we don't necessarily, but keep going. I won't interrupt you. So it goes way back and, um, and sort of we can, um, I think with your, the tuning forks and you start out away from the body at even in utero and then birth, that when you do your, <laughs> I'm speaking so intelligently about this, <laughs> when you do your tuning fork thing, <laughs> you can feel, you can feel the vibration of when there's sort of like gunked up, something stuck, something's there and um, work through it with a tuning fork until it, um, what's the word, until it smooths out, till it, yeah, but just, yeah. To, for me, the, the, um, I've worked with you and one other person, but to me, what's so has been also so astounding for me too, is the, the insights or the intuition that you get in that space through yourself to what you feel or hear. And, and then that like, and then that emotional, what that brings up for me emotionally to be able to process that even there in that moment, like, yep that happened that's what it felt like and um and I think that feels like part of the clearing of that gunk so to speak of that time that wound um and it sort of feels like it's it's letting go of what no longer serves you in, in clearing clearing out yeah so have that good job good job <laughs> Let me that. I'm just going to make it really simple for people. So imagine that there is a bubble around you, which is your energy field. You don't end in your, at your skin. And there are records of time in that bubble. So whatever you've been through, um, about six feet out um, is the birth, records of birth. And then you come in closer, childhood, adolescence years. And then the body is the present moment. So I, as a practitioner, when I go into the field with my tuning fork, it's both as, a, um, as if I am working with a vinyl record, I can tune in to that part, a particular knot in the field and sort of decipher what's, what was happening there. But the way this works is it's very quantum physics um, related, meaning 
whatever comes up in your field is always, always, always related to what you're going through right now. So we're looking for these little seeds and roots that sort of uh, created your conditions and patterns in the now. And what the fork does, it not only reads the record, but it acts as a magnet and it picks up sort of the light that's stuck there. It's almost like soul retrieval. And when we add back that stuck energy, neutralize that portion of the distortion and add the light back into you, then the light, the life can go wherever it's most needed. So that's the way the sound balancing, as I call it, or biofuel tuning works. Um, and I'm going to add some information about that at the end. But, um, so, but the whole purpose being how can we be more alive here in the now, which I feel like with what you were talking about with the writing, with right. the feeling nature and feeling into yourself, with the talking to someone, the whole purpose being to be more alive. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. I'm, I'm thinking about that for a minute. Um, yeah, to be more alive. Um, I, my, so I'm, if I say, can my, I say like my intention and see if that makes, if that meets your alive, um, is, oh, I think it's so powerful for us to be more of ourselves. I feel like <clears throat> when we get away from who we truly are and who we came here to be, so this is like spiritual talk, it's just when we get away from that, it's painful. And um, when we come more into that and owning who we are and sharing the gifts that we have, um, I think it's absolutely beautiful. So that is being more alive, right? Um, but that is, that's my, um, my, in my, I guess that's my main intention is to like really see and hear who someone is. Dark and light, you know, both. Which brings me to, you described self-healing. You said it's a spiritual journey toward love. Oh, yes. <laughs> you <laughs> like, said that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um... Oh, I was talking to someone this past week. I think I was inspired by them and I answered it that way, but it's all about love. It's all about love. It's self-love and connection and loving others. And I really feel like that's what happens in, um, when I'm in nature, I just feel completely soaked and saturated and surrounded by love. Um, and well, yeah, when we get away from that, that's hard. I think the person I spoke to said, the answer to every question is love. Anytime anybody has a question, the answer is it's love. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I was inspired to answer that way by talking to them. I don't have like a set of answers that I just go with. <laughs> I just go with what I got at the moment. Um, so <laughs> Which I is think, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So I want to um, wanna bring it back to earth plane. Yes. A little bit because you're a mom also so if you don't mind sharing with people because I don't want people to think I try to do that to to share my reality like oh. uh, the fact that my daughter actually woke up at 3 a.m. two nights ago 
leading up to the full moon or whatever was going on. <laughs> so the next day I was a mess. Um, that's all. So, and I know you had a sort of an eventful morning. Morning. Do you yeah. want to tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> I start. Yes, my uh, my son threw up extensively in the hallway and uh, up the walls and down the hall and on me and on himself and and um, it was one of those like carrying you're slipping in the vomit as me <laughs> trying to get him to the toilet hoping he's gonna hold the next surge and to, but he just it just came out a few times on the way so I just finally you know asked for some help got my daughter off to school then got him taken care of for a few hours he felt a lot better he started playing after he threw up but um, he felt a lot better. But I, you know, I looked down 30 minutes later and I was like, yep, I have a, um, the top of my foot is still covered in vomit. I didn't even know that. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I've been thinking about that this past week, just doing this work, but then also having this very real life. Um, and, and that I have to be super intentional about taking time to connect to myself um because that's it for me like if i'm not doing that everything else goes to pot so i really need to connect to what makes me feel alive and being a mom does but it's also very challenging but the the time spent alone or time spent painting or writing time spent in nature for me is what really gives me that fuel to keep going so it can be very 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 challenging at times to find that space and time I just have to be really vigilant about it because mm -hmm. it fails me if I do. And if I don't, it can get rough. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. Also, like, we didn't wake up like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I feel more like Gollum in Lord of the Rings. And then... <laughs> no, I didn't watch it. You've never watched it? No. Well, Gollum is this creature who sort of uh, falls into his own shadow uh, but he used to be Smeagol back in the Hobbit world where he was a normal person but then he sort of mm -hmm. his shadow and becomes um, almost like a more like animal survival mm. what it represents for me so I, I love the way you're saying like taking that time and moving from survival to I mean, even if like it's if it's not full on, moving the um, the degree from survival to thriving just a tiny bit, yeah, however much you can, yes, yes, to get you prepared for the next round of vomit and late That's late right. night waking. Whatever, whatever happens, right? You just never know. Yes. Okay. So I want to finish, but I have um, three little quotes from your book. Mm. which I feel like they're all what we talked about. The first okay. one is there's a rhythm in the chaos. Mm. Be still and hear your own heartbeat. I love, love, love that. That's not in the book. That's not in the book. No, that I, was, I, posted, I posted that. A I got that on, on Instagram. Oh, that. You got it on Instagram. So that's a new one. That's a new one. I got, yeah, that was uh, about a month ago. Okay, I know this one is in the book. Pain is an invitation to connect back to your true self. Mm. I can expand on that if you want to. 
I want you to let me tell you the last one from your book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one of my three favorites. So the last one is, I love this one, choosing yourself a different kind of strong. Oh, yeah. Mm. Which is what we're talking about, I feel like. Yes. Yes. Mm. I think yes. And yes, that is... Um, yeah, I think, I think there might be a little bit more past that in the book. Like a, there's like pictures with a quote on it and then sometimes a blurb that goes next to it to describe it a little bit more, but, um, but staying connected. And I think that when you're challenged with that to stay true to yourself, you get really fun <laughs> challenges that you get tested to, to actually do that and grow and grow stronger with your conviction to be true to yourself. Um, I love that. I love it. And then it's not always easy to choose yourself. No. Like when you're covered in moment. <laughs> you have no. To no, it's not. And it's, it's not. It's, it can be very, very hard. And there, there, you know, I've had moments where everyone around me is upset with me because I'm choosing myself. So those are really tough moments to continue to stay true to what you know you need to do, even if no one else agrees with you or believes in you. It's tough, but it, it's powerful. Worth it. So choose yourself. So thank you so much. I want to finish, but like, where can people find more information about you uh, when what you do and about your book? Tell us about how to find you. Okay. So I have a website, um, Authentic Life C. C is in counseling. So authenticlifec.com. And on there, I have a blog with some of the Heartstone messages. I also have a page where you can buy the book if you'd like to. I, um, and then I also have information about um, if you want to have a consult with me, um, just to, so I do a 30 minute consult for my therapy practice to just meet at no charge to see if we're the right fit for each other, to see if my skills would benefit for you. Um, yeah. And you're generously offering um, one such consult to one of our listeners. So I'll include some information about that. Um, so, and I'll include those links too for your Instagram and your authentic life. Um, and you do what you do over the phone as well. So it's not just in person. I, I don't. I usually just do it in it's person. It's mostly in person. So it would be, that would be in the Seacoast, New Hampshire, U.S. I will say I am, I'm okay with doing it on the phone if somebody would like to. That would be okay with me. Somebody would like to do a consult on the phone. Okay, so we're going to open that. I mean, the, the free consult, yes. But we're going to um, put that intention into the universe if that's yes. meant to be for you. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Lori. This was such a pleasure. I appreciate our, the time with you and I'm sure our listeners will too um, I just want to say um, I feel like what we've been talking about is along the lines of choosing your your practices and then coming back to them again and again as a way to choose yourself right mm-hmm. that I feel like has been the main theme of this um, conversation and I want to say uh, thank you to everyone who's listened this far thank you so much for tuning in and being here if this touched you in any way please share it with others um, and when you do um, 
I will have a link where you can comment yes and we'll enter you in for the free consult with Lori. So thank you so much. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thank, thank you, Lori. You. Thank you.